Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also Commodity Research Group. And we're here with our October edition of Energy Markets. You can check out Commodity Research Group at our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our blog and our podcasts. We'd also like to uh, thank our friends at EKT Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. You can check out their podcasts and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone, especially those not intended to listen. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is October 3rd. And Andy, let's, let's get started with uh, what's been in the news. Iran, I was just wondering, can you just kind of talk about the unfolding of expectations for Iranian exports uh, over the years and, and then give us an idea of what your number, your, your expectation is now? Well, the... Um you know, the, the key here has been that those expectations, Jim, have, have continued to increase uh, from uh, original thoughts. The original thoughts were that because this was a, a unilateral move by the Trump administration, that it really wouldn't have any teeth and that Iran would probably lose, let's say, I, th I think the first numbers were, okay, we only think there's going to be 0.3 to 0.5 million barrels a day of uh, exports lost. Then the Trump administration came out uh, very firmly and said, you know, we're expecting zero. We expect the Iranian exports to go down to, uh, to zero and followed it up with um, some further sanctions, uh, some secondary sanctions on uh, insurance and uh, on freight and you know, on financing, and then did a real uh, arm-twisting number on uh, Iran's clients, Iran's buyers, um, to the point where the market was then looking at, all right, well, it's, not, it's clearly going to be more than half a million. It could be Maybe it's going to be up to a million. I mean, we were use we were at about a million one one, uh, and then this last week or two, uh, some some of the Chinese buyers are beginning are have said that they're going to stop Iranian purchases, which is another two hundred thousand. Furthermore, uh, w which gets the number maybe up to like one two one three, and I think now. Uh, the market, you know, it, it one five is one point five million barrels a day uh, is a number that's you know being being bandied bandied about. We added another point too, so we're around one point three uh, of losses versus um, you know the Iran had exported two point six million barrels a day of crude and condensates in the first half of this year. Uh, we think it's, it's one three, but you know, maybe, maybe it will be one five. The other thing that's happening, uh, the EU is not making a lot of progress on, on negotiating with Iran to, to extend the JCPOA. So I'm not sure if, um, you know, the EU clients or any, any barrels are going to go to the, uh, are going to go to the EU. So that, that could be in play. Uh, and waivers have become very hard to come by, by the Trump administration. So. 
um, they've actually done a, a pretty good job in um, moving the in uh, what will you know what will be enforcing these uh, these sanctions. Yeah, I was uh, wondering what China was going to do because they thought maybe they'd want to um, sort of tweak the U.S. Uh, the Trump administration by buying more. Iranian crew. It doesn't look like that's the case. It's you know, it's possible as things move on, you know, towards the the later, you know, towards the first quarter, see where they're at, you know, in terms of uh, you know if there's any linkage in the in the trade negotiations and uh, what they buy from uh, Iran. Iran's really important to for uh, China in their overall global strategy global trade strategy so you know we'll we'll see i think it's it's clearly a pretty fluid situation but you know i, I think there's there's no doubt it's going to be at least a million barrels a day you know that that's i mean you could probably take that to the bank uh, it's already 800 so you know I, i'm thinking 1213 is, is the right number but if it's 15 i wouldn't be surprised and certainly i think jim as the as these numbers start increasing you know where the market is yeah, certainly you know that's part and parcel of the of this of the rally that we're seeing uh over the last uh over the last few weeks and months uh since this was announced in uh you know in may so we had a uh, recent opec meeting and um why don't you just talk about what the what we learned from that and what what is, was the OPEC response? Well, there, there already has been an OPEC response. You know, OPEC has increased production since, since their June meeting. They're, they're up, except, uh, you know, if you take out Iran and Venezuela, the other producers are up 600,000 barrels a day. I think we're probably going to see another, let's say another half million barrels a day coming out of OPEC. Um, and goal is probably going to increase production. They've got some new fields coming on at the end of the year. And of course, the big player is, is Saudi Arabia. Uh, Saudi said today they were at ten seven. You know, a lot of the a lot of a lot of the reports, the the Reuters number, I think, had them at ten four or ten five. They, they say they're already up to ten seven. And I think that I think they probably have a little bit more to go uh, from uh, Saudi Arabia. And the, the, the real, the big, you know, the big number certainly is going to be whether they can restart the neutral zone. Uh, that's another half million barrels a day. That's shared fields between uh, Saudi and, and Kuwait. And they've been, they've been, had some environmental issues and some disputes, but that, that's going to be a big restart. And in fact, Ben Salman was in uh, Kuwait, uh, is in Kuwait right now talking about it. So that that's going to be a big news item, you know. So you think you think that the market happen? may? I think it will. You know, they're under a lot of pressure. The Saudis are clearly under a lot of pressure by the Trump administration to keep increase, but they already have. You know, they already have. Uh, you know, they're up. If they're at ten seven, it means they're up. Seven, you know, they're up seven hundred thousand barrels a day. So they're they're they are cranking. You know, they said they were going to go up a million. You know, earlier this year. And um, you know what? If they restart the neutral zone, say they're at ten seven with another two fifty, you're at there. You go. You're at a there million. You yeah. 
Um, it's in, Saudi policy is interesting because, I mean, we talked about this for years, but they, they want a high price, almost short term, but a lower price long term. Right. I mean, right. Is that, is it, they don't, they, you would think that because they, I mean, how do, how do you maximize your, uh, your barrels in the long run? And when you, when you look out and you see electric vehicles and green power, I mean, it's a small amount now, but it's growing uh, rapidly. Uh, you know, they have it, that transformation probably happens quicker at a high oil price versus a low oil price. And um, in the IPO, they're in, they're out. It just seems like they have a lot of um, public policy uh, issues that, that they've always had. You know, and it, it continues. It's a difficult, they're try, trying to w- uh, walk this balance, maintaining uh, uh, market uh, share in, in terms of compared to other uh, energy sources, that kind of thing. Right. And in the short term, of course, you know, the short term and long term fighting the uh, Shi'i Sunni battle, you know, is, is, right. is, uh, that, that's a, that's existential, a, you know, that's existential, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's existential for the, for the uh, kingdom and, and um, as well, they're right. That's totally existential. This is uh, winning that, uh, winning that battle. I thought you were going to talk about the battle with our uh, current administration, you know, that Saudis are cranking and we have a sort of a cranky administration that, you know, keeps tweeting, you need more oil. And, um, you know, I, I think they they will. I think they're listening. You know, I think they. Yeah, I think to. they are listening. Um, you know, despite and the Russians too are going to be increasing. Uh, you know, are increasing production. They they could probably, you know, they they probably have another hundred to two hundred that they're going to bring on over the next uh, over the next few months. But you know, what's key is this this neutral zone. These neutral zone barrels aren't coming on until first you know if they do come on it won't be till next year you know first quarter or second quarter and it's going to take they say it's six to 12 months to get it restarted you know i, I think it could be less than that but that, that brings us to the first quarter i think you know i think um the iea has uh builds yeah and right? that's and that's the you know and, that, and that's what's that's where you're at with this market i think jim we we Despite all the increase in production, because of the loss of the Iranian barrels and the continuing loss of Venezuela and the U.S. not quite getting up as, as fast, well, they're, they're, we're, on, we're on track. But, you know, we're, we're going to draw stocks. How many, how many months in a row have we talked about this on, the, on, our, on our podcast about this fourth quarter stock draw? Okay, you know, we know it. And it's going to be, it could be more than what we thought. Could be less of what we thought, but we're going to draw, you know, let's say half a million barrels a day to a million barrels a day. Okay. I think the market, I think we all know that. But like you said, Jim, you go to the first quarter and the second quarter of next year, and there's a, there's a surplus of a half million to a million barrels a day. Right. And, you know, at some point, the market is going to get beyond you know, get beyond the fourth quarter and it's going to start looking at the first quarter and the second quarter, you know, and it's going to be a, it's not quite an abyss. It's it's not an abyss. I don't think it's an abyss, but it's not, it's not a happy place. Well, yeah, exactly. It might, it might put a little 
damper on this rally that we see going on right now. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think you know the market is discounted so much. You know the 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 stock draw now it's you know it's worrying about well what happens if Libya and Nigeria don't come through. Um, right now they are coming through, and, and you know this because spare capacity is so tight. You know another reason then it's rally. Yeah, certainly. If something else goes wrong, yeah, the market has, you know, could have some more upside. But, you know, for the time being, the, the nothing, you know, I can't say nothing else is, is going to go wrong. Something could go wrong tomorrow in this market, sure. right? Yeah, anything can happen. I just, I just want to take a little uh, side move to talk about the fund mark, the funds. I mean, we, um, as of Friday's number, which is Tuesday's, Tuesday afternoon's uh, action, uh, the funds were getting adding to link, but they still look like they have a lot of capacity left. And I'm just wondering if the recent activity, which was, you know, mostly sharp move higher is brought them to capacity or, you know, we don't really know what that is, but you think they're kind of uh, getting uh, tired of buying this market? No, I, I, I think, well, I think Monday, the first day of the quarter, right. You know, everybody, every all in, let's go. Yeah. You know, the market had a huge move on Monday. Right. Uh, you know, I think there was some pent up demand because WTI looking at these numbers, you know, had really come off. Well, I mean, we're fifth, we're 14 to one longs to short. Right. Uh, with a net of uh, 332,000 longs. It's been, you know, it's been much more than that during the, uh, during the year. So there's still, there's still plenty of capacity uh, for, for them to, to get long. Um, I'm looking for the high, you know, I'm looking for the high of the year. I think it was like 470,000, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, I, you know, cause I, I have been talking, we've we been talking about the tightness in the fourth quarter and we had seen the activity in the options world. A lot of the open interest in the DC calls, they were, they were the top, you know, the DC 80 calls and Brent, um, uh, so, so it's very highly anticipated and, uh, it's, it's unfolding and it's happening. So obviously some of the fundamental news got more bullish, as you mentioned earlier, but, um, you know, I was just, uh, I'm never surprised what happens, but, uh, you know, this, this market is reacting nicely and the piece that, you know, um, we talked about was that the funds had, uh, more capacity to buy, which certainly could drive the market. Then who's going to be an aggressive seller? On the other hand, when you, you know, you read everything, everything is bullish. You got, you know, let this thing run itself out. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who's going to be selling in the, in the front. I think the, uh, you know, the, the uh, producers have probably been doing some selling here in the, in the back of the curve. You know, those, those are really good. You know, they're making, they're making new highs too. I don't know how aggressive they are, but I think they're, they, you know. Well, sure. I dropped a piece in our, in our blog a couple of days ago after Friday's action talking about how option volume picked up. This would be WTI, but also Brent, you know, it was over 200,000. Not a huge day, but it was up from where it had been. Uh, more calls than puts trading, um, which you would expect. And, and, um, also, what you, you wouldn't expect is that the uh, put open interest was going up more than the call open interest. So even in these rallies, and, and a lot of it was uh, like chunks of uh, November options uh, being bought. So people looking for, you know, like a blow off top and having it come back. And then the last two days, it's pretty much been uh, similar to that, uh, you know, 
put to call ratio volume has been about the same, and you're still seeing more puts increase in open interest than, than calls. Now, that, that might be both. You say somebody, uh, on the call side, it looks like people are, uh, as a, a market holder, they're selling out the lower strike calls, say the 80s, and buying the upper strike calls. The number one option out there is the, is the DS 100 call in, in Brent, and it's around 50,000 uh, contracts. So uh, on the put side, as I mentioned, they're buying a lot of, a lot of chunks of uh, uh, front, front month puts being, being bought. And that might be in lieu of selling the futures outright, because obviously when you sell the futures and the market goes up, you know, you, get, you have to get out. You, you get stopped out. If you have puts, you buy puts, then you can withstand, uh, you, know, you get longer uh, staying power. So if, you, if, you buy, if you're a buyer. Um, so maybe that's what's going on. It's not as an aggressive short position they're putting on to uh, stop this. Rally. Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, so let's let's move to the U.S. Uh, we had some numbers came out today, and uh, maybe we can just go through them quickly um, and talk about. You know, we had a big build in crude oil, eight million barrels. Uh, can you talk about just where we are in the in the seasonality of um, refinery runs and um, crude demand, things like that? Yeah, crude stocks built by eight million barrels. The the street was looking for one and a half. We were looking. We we were on the high side. We were, we were looking for a build of three and a half, and that was the, the most anyone was looking for. And it came in up eight because turnarounds are now where refiners take down their plants uh, for maintenances. Uh, so now we have big turnarounds, and we're going to start seeing WTI build. Over the next, uh, you know, I think we're going to see a steady one to two million barrel build over the next four or five weeks. Um, and, you know, to a certain extent that, that may be discounted, you know, we'll see the market today didn't care. I mean, it, it, yeah, it sold off. off, right? And then right. boom, it came right, it, it came right back. So, yeah. it, you know, it's like every, you know, well, it's, a, it's in a bull, it's in a bull run, right? Yeah, it's in run, this yeah. like bull channel. And, you know, it's acting like a bull market, you know, broke, made new highs. And, uh, you know, it's not really, it doesn't really care. I don't think that much about um, crude, about the inventories, but um, we're going to build. Sorry. Yeah, one week number, right. It doesn't care. You know, we're going to build and, um, you know, November, maybe maybe we even out and and start drawing a little bit. December, you're going to see a seasonal draw. And then next year, you know, according to the EIA, you know, they're looking for some big builds next year. So we'll see if that, you know, if that comes to fruition. But, you know, the, the, if you looked at these EIA numbers in the short-term energy outlook, you know, they're, they're pretty bearish looking out for 20, 2019. We're not quite as high, but not low. That's a, you know, we're, we're also seeing these stock builds coming for next, for next year. So the, the market is responding. Right. And the other thing, you know, we had a build in Cushing. Um, we're going to yes. keep we're going to keep seeing Cushing stocks build because pad two refiners are, you know, that they're now finally taking turnarounds. They were going nuts, Jim. They were they were out of their minds. They, you know, like, over 100 percent. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, these pad two. And why wouldn't you? Right. You get discounted domestic and Canadian crude. Right. Coming in, you know, you crank it out, and the margins are, you know, are tremendous. So, the, you know, they, and their plants were all running; they did, nothing broke. So, I, think, I, think I mean, saying, it's like it's unbelievable. Yeah, 
west of the Hudson River, I think the saying is you make hay when the sun shines, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they were. But now finally they've, you know, they've, they've lessened on the, on the throttle because they got to take these plants down to make sure that they don't break, you know, this, this winter. So you see, I mean, does that mean you're looking at a heavy maintenance season this time or? Pretty good. I mean, it, it's going to go, runs are going to, they're 16.5 now, they're going to go under 16. Mm. Um, you know, I'm probably average 16.2, I think, in, in October, something like that. Maybe maybe a little bit lower. So it's, it's a good maintenance season. The other thing that's going on with Cushing is that this new, um, well, an expansion of the Sunrise Pipeline, which takes uh, Permian, which takes um, West Texas barrels, uh, some of the, the the Permian barrels into Cushing uh, that the line fill I think began like in late September, October, and that is going to be about 400,000 barrels a day. I think 380 is the nameplate um, addition. That's pretty big, you know, when is that, when is that going to be fully? I think November 1st is the, oh. they crank it. So, um, you know, that, that too is going to, is going to help to, uh, you know, rebuild these, these Cushing inventories. And we've seen the, the, these, uh, we've seen the per, the, um, Permian differentials, uh, narrow in. The expectation. Of this yeah. An ex- right. An expectation of this, uh, pipeline, like Midland is trading, you know, it got into $6 under, you know, that was like 17 to 18 under earlier in the month. It got into six dollars on the WTI, and you know maybe it's eight under right now, more or less. Probably going to weaken a little bit, but you know that that's a big infrastructure. You know the Permian's still stranded, but you know this will help a little. This will help a lot. Four hundred a day is not bad. Now I, I see um, oil production uh, this week at eleven point one. What's what's your feeling on that number and going forward? I think the um, yeah, I, you know these weeklies are they're hard to follow because they're they're, they're averaging to the hundreds, Jim. You well, know, it's it's, it's either going to be eleven two or it's going to stay at eleven one for the rest of October. Well, it's you know the old saying they they macroeconomists they say have a sense of humor because uh, you know they use decimal points in their estimates. So <laughs> it, it, it's it's a I think what they're saying is we can't call it that close. Right. 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 So, um, uh, so they just keep it, you know, I think it's going to be 11. It's either going to be 11, one or 11 or 11, two. And December's either going to be 11, two or 11, three million barrels a day, but probably closer to uh, 11, two. And then next year, um, each quarter, you know, we'll be up another 250 a quarter and 250 in the, in the second quarter, maybe, you know, might not grow quite that much. But you know, still, those, is, uh, still, the, still we're on the we're we're still on the upward sloping curve. And um, let's just cover uh, gasoline and distillates. Um, you have been a perennial, you know, I want to say bull for. I mean, you like tend to like distillates over gasoline in terms of price appreciation. Yeah, that hasn't changed. And, and gasoline, this is important. Pad one gasoline, which is the Northeast gasoline, right. is the highest ever for this time of year. So we are, you know, there, there's some big maintenances going on in um, pad one, 
you know, some of these bigger refineries, uh, there aren't all that many refineries in pad one and seemingly they're all going down, you know, so it's possible that we start, maybe we lose, uh, you would think pad one stocks could draw a little, but it doesn't matter because we're so high on in, here in the, the, the Northeast uh, right. and nationwide, you know, we're also, we're in great shape on gasoline. You know, we're two days supply above the four-year. We're, we're there's nothing really good about gasoline. Demand is soft. You know, is unchanged. It's going to stay unchanged. You know, I, I think it's really, you know, it looks like U.S. demand has has uh, has plateaued. And if pump prices go up, I mean, they're pretty they're pretty you know, they're pretty subdued right now. But if they go up, that's not going to help. Right. Uh, that's not going to help demand in the least. This is another interesting thing that that traffic volumes. The, there's two months this year that traffic volumes have been negative for, relative to year year on year. Wow. Uh, so, and that well, hasn't happened since 2014. I'm going to do a uh, counter cyclical trip to. I'm driving from New York to Austin, Texas, so I'm going to help out that gas demand and the miles driven and all that stuff and, and back so well jim you could you could report you could report back on the on the traffic on uh on u.s highways definitely definitely and i'll be going to i won't be doing like a pad two tour but i'll be doing uh it's more of a uh city cities with good music tour that's basically the, but I, I'll, I will report i'll put it on yeah. my uh linkedin and on the blog okay so uh what let's talk about prices Tough call as we're as we're, you know, breaking out of a range. You think? Um, tell me what you think about crude oil. First, I, I'm not that bullish here. I mean, it's. Yeah. I think a lot has been discounted. Yeah, you know? I really do, and I think at some point, uh, you know, the market is going to start looking ahead to uh, you know the first quarter. I don't know when that is. You know, the markets yeah. usually tell us, right, Jim? Yeah, well, you know, you train after being in a business for a while, you train yourself to the more you get excited about a market, go the other way. So, you know, it means you're reading everything I read is bullish, 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 bullish. And uh, it's hard to make a case for the bearish case. But I mean, you you kind of began to make one for the first quarter. But that's a few months away. So Right. Yeah. It's a few months away and it, it we'll get to the point where the market will start looking, you know, a lot harder at that. And then, then there's, you know, how much demand are we going to lose beyond the um, seasonal, you know, in the first quarter, we lose a million barrels a day seasonally. So that's, you know, unless it's a really brutal winter. Then, you know, what about, you know, are we, we going to lose, how much are we going to lose from emerging markets? You know, some of these bank guys are throwing numbers out like 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 because of the dollar and higher interest rates and price. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, that could start impacting the market as well. And that makes the stock build and, the, you know, that makes the first quarter look even worse. And so what, so you're kind of thinking. So here's why. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I think. I think I wouldn't. Not that I'd come in and sell it here. Not after today's action, when you have an eight billion barrel bill, the market goes down and die. You know, the market goes down and goes right, oh, yeah. right back up. You don't sell that. Right. Um, but I, I think during the month, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me to see WTI get um, into the lower seventies and maybe even have a six handle. 
it, w- it right. wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't stun me it's, uh, similarly brent uh i think could could trade below you know in the high 70s um i do think brent ti is it could widen further um, because because of the Cushing situation that we just talked about, right? Um, I have to say we have, as I mentioned before, we have seen some put buying in this November contract um, in the with the six handle and even the, even seventy. So I think there's some people that uh, agree with you and and uh, are are you know playing that. And and again, the idea of buying a put if the market keeps going, you lose your premium, and that's it. So. Right, and, and it is it as though you know what vols are what Jim twenty five. Yeah, that's a a slight bump up, but it's uh really subdued. It's not. Yeah, really, yeah it's not that expensive. Twenty, not that it means anything, as you <laughs> told me many times over the you know t- over the decades that I've known you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, who doesn't go crazy in vol when it's on an up when it's in a. You know, going higher usually does it when it's going down. Right. Um, and in fact, natural gas is the opposite. We're seeing a rally in natural gas and uh, I think uh, diesel volatility sell around uh, 37% yesterday, which is a big, you know, the, the, uh, the crude vol was actually above natural gas vol for a while. I mean, it, and, and now it's flipped. I mean, it's, I'm following December now. So December is naturally higher and, natural gas seasonally, but still it's the, the vol has moved up to 37%. So crew, crew doesn't tend to move unless there's like a, you know, Gulf war one where it reached its all time high. Um, it's usually the bearish moves that bring out the, uh, spikes in volatility. So kind of makes sense, but even so 25% is quite, uh, quite cheap. Yeah. With all, with all, with all that's going on, it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is that to me, it's, it's, it seems cheap. Uh, which is probably why the buying put strategy, you know, if the market does start coming off hard. Um, right. Well, we've already seen people rolling. It, what what looks like, I can't tell for sure, but it looks like you'll see a downside put being sold or, or I assume they're, whenever they're sold or bought, but a downside put sort of trading high volume and open is just going down and a higher strike put uh, having high volume and open just going up. And I, I assume just from my experience that that's kind of a, what a put buyer will do, uh, you know, put seller will do it too. But I, th- I think that, I think it's been ishi- initiated by the put, uh, put buyer. But, um, uh, so I think they're, you know, they, they, somebody did it early and is saying it and still believes in the trade. So, right. You know, we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, October should be a pretty interesting month, and then we're we're heading to the November fourth deadline. But again, I think the market has discounted a lot of that. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not I, I'm pretty reluctant to to follow this rally up here. So you and I will be doing a little traveling, but I'm sure we're going to be uh, checking in and and watching this thing unfold. And um, I'll meet up with you again in uh, early November, and we'll we'll see how it uh, turned out. Um, and I'm sure I'll lead the podcast once again with some kind of comment, like a lot has happened in the last month. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot does in this, 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 in this market. Not, not as much as, happened, uh, as happens in Washington these days. But, you know, <laughs> right, but right. Yeah. There's still a lot going on in the, in the oil markets. Thanks. Thank yeah, you. I think uh, 
one of the reasons I like following these markets is it gives, it gives you solace from what's right. Going it gives on. you, it gives you a break. And then, and then all of a sudden your market's dragged into it. Is, yeah, you're right. You're, you're, right. you're on a tweet, right? Exactly. All of a sudden, you know, we're talking, you know, yes. OPEC is on a, is on a presidential tweet. Oh man, I can't believe I just said that. I'm going to have to uh, become a technician full time. Yeah. I think um, that, that, anything else, Andy, you want to add to this uh, October uh, what's today? October 3rd for uh, a podcast before we uh, sign off. No, I, d I just wanted to um, let everybody know that they can reach me at a LeBeau at commodityresearchgroup.com and Jim at Jim Col at J Colburn at commodityresearchgroup.com. As Jim said in our introduction, you can find us on our website, www.commodityresearchgroup.com. Uh, we put out a, a monthly report, um, which will be available on, on our website soon. The October report will be available soon. And uh, we sell that on a subscription basis. It, it's really good because it, it not only covers the oil markets, but all markets written by, um, a lot of it's written by Ed Meir, uh, an award-winning analyst. I think Ed's like always number one and number two on uh, copper and, uh, and base metals. So it's, it's a really good, concise report uh, written by you know, a few veteran, a few of us, uh, a few of us veterans in the, uh, you know, in, in, in the markets, you know, pretty, you know, pretty, pretty good stuff, I think. Yeah, Andy, when I sat next to you for 23 years, uh, eating F man, I, uh, we ref referred to us as the, the two guys in the balcony of the Muppets. So, yeah, that's you know, true. Right, now we got three, right, with Ed. Now we got three great hairs. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. All right. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate okay, your Jim. comments. All right. Thanks. Bye.